Well, good morning. How about we uh, turn around and say hello to the folks around you. Go ahead and introduce yourself or wave to them or shake a hand. Tell them hello as we come together this morning. Some friends from other places with us today. It's good to see each of you today. I would like to uh, introduce you to two people, uh, two fictitious people. They don't exist in reality. However, if anything about their life connects with anything in your life, know that it is completely coincidental, but perhaps intentional from the Lord that he might speak to you about your life. Two people, fictitious, Bob and Bonnie. Bob. Bob's from South Louisiana. Bob is, let's place Bob in his... uh, Uh, late 50s. Bob um, either lives or comes to Grand Isle at a camp. Uh, He loves Grand Isle. However, um, Bob also has uh, things in his life which are a challenge. Bob is uh, in the later years of his professional life, which is a blessing because he's looking forward to retirement. But he also has lots that's on his heart. Bob worries a lot about work. He worries a lot about providing for his family. As he has more responsibility at work, he has a greater salary which helps him provide, but greater responsibility comes with greater worry. And Bob stares at the ceiling at night, counts the ceiling tile, and worries about work. He worries about Ukraine and Russia and the price of oil. He worries about... um, how much it's costing to transport goods. He worries about the price of food. He worries about the price of his electric bill. Bob is a master at worrying. Bob doesn't know if he's going through a midlife crisis, but Bob just knows that life is changing. He looks at guys who are younger than him and remembers what it was like to be younger. He knows that things are changing in his marriage, although he doesn't really have the language to identify what's changing. He loves his wife, but they're kind of in a, not a rut, but in a, well, they're just in a rut. He has three kids. His middle child is his son, and and Bob used to be real close to his son, but as his son gets older, Bob is feeling the fact that maybe his son is holding against his dad the mistakes that Bob made as a dad, and Bob loves to fish, and Loves to have fun, but he he notices that, gosh, it's just fishing can't provide everything. And Bob's sitting in that pew right there. And Bob is married to Bonnie. Bonnie's also in her early to mid-50s. Bob and Bonnie have been together for, for quite a number of years. And the three kids are now out of the house. Bonnie forever, she was a mom. That's who she was. She didn't work outside the home um, for the last 20 years. Bob's been able to provide for the family. And so much of her identity is being a mom. And now that it's empty nest, Bonnie's kind of wondering who she is. She doesn't have the language for that, but she, she just kind of feels like something's changing in life. Bonnie watches the news. It's, it's usually on the background all day long. And remember when she watches the news, she worries about where the world is going. And she worries about her kids and her soon-to-be grandkids and the world that they're going to grow up in. And she's like, oh, my God. She worries about that. 
She knows that things have changed with Bob. She doesn't have the language for that. She kind of knows they're in a rut. She knows that they've been in a rut for a long time. She loves him. He's a good man, faithful and loyal. But they, she just knows she's kind of settled in her own self-protective ways with Bob. Bob loves to fish. Usually on the weekend she reads while Bob fishes. She likes her space. In fact, she worries about the day when, when Bob's going to retire. She knows that their marriage is much better when Bob's working, when they're not all together all the time, right? And that's Bonnie. They're both happy, relatively. They don't have the language to articulate that, but that's Bob and Bonnie. Now, I'd like to give you a version of both Bob and Bonnie, and you get to pick what version you like the best. Version one of Bob. Version one of Bob is that anxiety gets the best of him, and he stays up later and later at night. He drifts further and further away from his wife, and he carries the burdens in his, his life by himself. He constantly tries to live up to the expectations of his dad. May he rest in peace. He constantly tries to be a version of himself that he'll never reach. That's version one of Bob. Version two of Bob. Nothing changes in the world. Nothing changes at work. But, but Bob just has, I don't, let's call it a sense of peace. He rests more. He's not, he's not edgy all the time. You know, things are busy and things are full and life is what it is. But Bobby, yeah, he just kind of has a sense of peace. And people like being around him. Version one or two, up to you which version of Bob you want. The same thing with Bonnie. We, we got two versions of Bonnie. Bonnie can be gripped by the fear of where the world's going. She can kind of be paralyzed by her identity changing. Bonnie can, can kind of be gripped by the ordinary anxieties and worries of life. That's version one of Bobby, of Bonnie. Version two, yeah, just a sense of peace also. Every woman wants to be safe and secure. She wants to be protected. And Bonnie feels that way. Not necessarily from Bob, but by life. She just feels like she feels free to be who she is. That's version one and two of Bonnie. Now, inside both of them is our story. Every one of us in some way has a little bit that we can identify with Bob or a little bit that we can identify with Bonnie. And as you look at your life, which version do you want? Because you can walk out of here today with a little bit more freedom and a little bit more peace and a little bit more direction. Or we can walk out of here today unchanged by whatever happened at Mass today. You can be the exact same on your way out as you were on the way in. And life can look exactly the way it did before Mass at the end of Mass. The question for you is which version of life do you want for you? Now what if, what if, God could say something to you today that would help you be a little bit more free and a little bit more peaceful and life was just a little bit more, more open and, 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 and full. Would you, want to, would you want to listen to that? And what if God has already said something to us in the gospel today that was the key for that and you walked out of here today with, with direction and with some tools so life could be a little bit better? Would that be worth listening for? 
Because as he introduced the gospel today, he talked to us about prayer. If you give me about 10 more minutes, we'll see how prayer can actually be the thing that makes life better for both Bob and Bonnie and every one of us. Let's open up the bulletin to page 11 together. Page 11, a little teaching on prayer. How is it that prayer can be the thing that helps Bob and Bonnie? How is it that prayer can be the thing that helps all of you? Today, Jesus, he wants to teach his apostles to, to pray. He wants to teach us to pray. However, right off the bat, the first thing that we need to do is make sure that we're all using the same word. My niece, Ella, is coming in from North Carolina in just a few weeks. And her and I were on the phone and she wants to go fishing. Ella doesn't want to go fishing. Ella wants to go catching. I was trying to help Ella understand there's a difference between fishing and catching. I said, Ella, do you want to go fishing or catching? Right? She says, I want to go fishing. I know what fishing looks like. Those don't always mean the same thing. We can use the same word, but we can have different definitions to it. And if we don't have the same definitions to the same word, then sometimes we can, we can miscommunicate to each other. When I say prayer, what do you think about? Page 11. Some people think about saying their prayers. When I was a kid, my mom and dad taught me how to say my Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, and the act of contrition. My mom and dad also taught me how to say yes ma'am and no man to everything that they said, right? As I got older, I said my prayers. Every night before I went to bed, I said my prayers. Well, that's what I learned when I was a kid. And as I got older, life got more complicated. The questions got a little bit more profound. And, 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 and what I was facing as an adult was not what I was facing as a kid, but I was praying as an adult in the same way that I prayed when I was a kid. I said my prayers. Is there anything wrong with saying your prayers? No. I pray the rosary every day. But there's more and if there was more and God wanted to teach you that, would you want more? Number two, some of us pray and we ask for stuff. That's okay too. I ask for stuff. Right now I'm asking for God's blessing upon my dad as my dad gets older. I'm asking God for wisdom to navigate those conversations with my mom and dad about the end of life. Let's have those conversations right now, mom and dad. I'm asking God for lots of things. God, please don't let the island get hit by another hurricane this year. God, God please do this. I'm asking God for stuff. Is that okay? Yeah. That's what the gospel's about. But is that all prayer is? No. There's more. And if God wanted to teach you more, would you want that? Number three, some of us, when we say the word prayer, you actually mean ruminating. I'm a master at ruminating. I often sit in the Adoration Chapel right here. There's also one in my house. And I sit before the Lord, and I look at God, and I talk to me about me. That's ruminating. I'm a master at it. I have conversations with myself about myself all day long. And even though I do them in the presence of God, that's not prayer. That's ruminating. Fourth is relationship. Now that, my friends, is what God is offering us today. God is offering us a relationship with Him. And my, my, my question for Bob and Bonnie is that if Bob and Bonnie can go through life by themselves or they can go through life with Jesus, where do you think Bob and Bonnie are going to be better? By themselves or with Him? What He's offering us today in this teaching on prayer is not technique or another thing to memorize. 
What he's offering us today is him. A personal relationship with the God who's active and alive. Flip the page over to page 12. Why would we want that in our life? What will that do for us? How can prayer, of all things, actually help Bob and Bonnie, help all of us? Number one, God knows more. God, I know about my life. I know about my past and my present. But God knows more. God knows why my past unfolded the way it did. God knows exactly how I got to in the present moment. God also knows my future. God knows the answers to the, to the questions that I just know the questions, but He knows the answer. See, God knows more than any of us. Number two, God sees more. Let me give you an example. Right now, I'm worried about my dad. And I'm looking at this thing right here, and it's called the problem. Now, I can't see what's around the corner, can I? See, around the corner, that's the solution. Around the corner over here, this is where the freedom is. Around the corner, this is what I'm really looking for. But I can't see that. There's something in the way. I can't see how God sees. But God, He sees differently. God sees my whole life. God sees where I am. God sees what's in front of me. God sees what's blocking me. And God sees what's over here. Why would we want to pray? Because God knows more than we know. God sees more than we see. Number three, I can't, but God always can. I spent lots of time at the funerals this past week telling people, don't try to be what you're not. People at funerals say the same thing all the time. I have to be strong. And I say, no, you don't. Who told you that? You don't have to be strong in a funeral. You just have to be human. Right? Because when we're, sh- when we're weak, He's plenty strong. When I'm lost, He's pretty clear. When I'm sinful, He's, he's awesome and holy. You see, when I can't, He always can. So why, why would we want to pray relationally? Because God knows more than we know. He sees what we don't see. He can when we can't. That's the kind of God who is with us in our life. Flip the page over. Why is it that we struggle with prayer? Well, sometimes it's because we don't know who we're talking to or we don't have the time for it. We don't know why we should do it. You can read that on your own. But I think for a lot of us, it's because we don't know how to pray. The first line in today's Gospel, those disciples in today's Gospel went to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. And my challenge to all of us today is to take one step with me this week. Prayer. Like big boys and big girls. I was on the plane flying from Chicago, where I had one funeral, back to Pittsburgh. Kristen's dad died, and I wanted to spend some time with her family. And I get on the plane, and I'm walking to my seat, and I have a window seat, and the two seats on the side of me are empty. And I begin to ask God for what every one of us would ask God in that moment. Every one of us, when you get on the plane and there's two seats on the side of you, what do you say? Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, may those two people miss their flight. Right? We all do it. Right? Nobody wants anybody sitting on the side of you. Until she got on. 
And she sits right next to me. So I've got my collar on. Just walked out of a funeral. She looked at me and she says what any person would say at that point, right? Are you a priest? And I said what every priest would say in that moment. No, I just slept at a Holiday Inn last night, right? I said, yes, I am. So there's silence. And I'm praying, talking to God. Now look, I'm just like you. I'm from Homa. I'm a sinner. Uh, I, I'm, I got all my mistakes. I, I'm not some super mystic. But I do believe God speaks. And I've heard God speak to me before. And I'm on the plane. And I feel like God is asking me to ask this lady about something super specific in her life, which I have no idea about. And so I tell God, I don't want to do that. And God says, I'm not asking you. I'm just telling you, I need you to ask her about this particular thing. So I say to God, okay, this is going to end really, really good or really, really bad. And he says, ask her. So I turn to her and I just kind of give her the... And she looks at me and gives me the shake. And, and she makes small talk and I make small talk and we're small talking. And then she's just looking at me. And so I, I ask her the question. Now, that's a private conversation between her and I, and I don't know where. I'll never see her again, but I respect her in confidence enough to not tell you what I asked her. But she starts crying. And just starts opening up. It really isn't about the question. It's about her heart and about what God wanted to do in her life. And at the end of the flight, we're landing in Pittsburgh. And she says... And I can't tell you this part. She says, you know, I used to be Catholic. She says, I don't go to church anymore at all. She says, I still believe in God. But she says, I just want to say thank you for listening to me. And I asked her, I said, well, how do you feel? She says, I feel like I have hope for the first time in years. And all of that happened because that God who is not dead that God spoke to an ordinary human being just like me. And my question is, what would your life look like if you could hear God? Like if you walked out of here today and you actually had something that could equip you to hear God, would your life look better or worse if you actually could hear Him speaking to you about the ordinary reality of your life? Would Bob or Bonnie be better, Bob or Bonnie, if they actually had His voice in their ear speaking to them? Do you want that? Because that's what he's teaching us today. And that is what he is offering you this week. Back to the bulletin. I want to challenge you if you let me challenge you. Flip the page over. Page 15. I'm going to challenge you for the next five days. You don't have to do it for the next five years. You don't have to do it for the next five months. I'm just going to challenge every human being in Mass today for the next five days. This week, I don't need you to do everything. I'm just asking you to do one thing. That's it. One thing, five days, right here to help you listen to God. At the bottom of page 15, there are five Scripture passages, one for every day of the week. 
Before that, you're going to see a four-step process of praying with that. That process of Lexio Divina comes to us from the 6th century through a great man, St. Benedict. And he teaches us how to pray with the Bible passage. I'm telling you right there, you just do that. Here's how to pray. Four steps, five scripture passages, one day, every day, this week. And if we do that, if we just do that one thing, if we take one small step, don't have to do everything right now, just one small step, and if we open up our hearts and begin to listen to His voice, and He speaks to us, then imagine what would happen to Bob and Bonnie if they begin to take small steps in listening to God. And imagine what will happen to you this week if you take small steps listening to the voice of God. He is speaking right now. And what he's saying to all of us is he wants to teach you how to pray, just like he taught those disciples. He wants the best version of Bob and the best version of Bonnie and the best version of you. And it starts this week as we let him teach us how to pray. Amen?